Hi everyone, I hope you're all well. I've got a lovely friend to introduce to you today. She hails from America. Her name is Daisy Fuentes. She's absolutely gorgeous. She's been a model and a presenter, most famously appearing on MTV in the States and all over Latin America because she's Cuban born, so she speaks fluent Spanish. She's very clever too, and she's lovely. And so I want you to meet her, Daisy Fuentes. Hi, Daisy. Hello, can you hear me? Twiggy. Oh, I can, I can see you. Oh, you look gorgeous. Where <laughs> oh, are you? You look gorgeous. Oh, well, I thank am you very much. in Hamburg, Germany. Wow. Oh, it's fabulous. Have you had any chance to look around? Yeah, we've done a lot of walking around. I, of course, am tagging along on my husband's European tour. My husband, of course, for those who don't know, Richard the Marks. Gorgeous, and we're fabulous, heading. Richard Marks. <laughs> Yes. I hear the tours. I know from your emails and things that the tour's going really, really well, right? It's going really well. Yeah. He's been having a blast. And it's just been so lovely not only to spend this time together, mm-hmm. but to be able to travel the world and, and to see the audience reaction. His fans are just oh, the best. Well, like no, no matter what little corner of the world we go to everybody's singing along to all the words of his music and that just oh oh, it never gets old no it doesn't it's you know he is well you know I'm I'm probably number one fan as you know (laughs) which is how we all met we we all met that's right but um yes have you had you been to Germany before I hadn't Hamburg is fabulous it's so fun it really is it's beautiful um, we also really loved Prague. We were just in Prague, Amazing. and of course, it's such a beautiful, romantic city. I know. And I mean, we've been we've been to so many. But we've been to Estonia. We've been to Bulgaria. Oh my, oh my god! Um, already, it's Sweden, Denmark, and oh now Germany. Oh my goodness! And now you're coming to see us soon. Yeah, soon. So when soon, are the, when soon. are the dates? Uh, Richard's playing in the UK in London. Is it just London, or is he going over the UK? No, he's doing a few. And let me pull that up because I don't want to get it wrong. Because this is a great opportunity to remind Talk folks. Talk about it. Absolutely. Get your t- We've got okay. our tickets. <laughs> I know he's in London <laughs> yeah. the, the first week of October because we're coming to see him. He's in six. London. October 3rd and 4th, he's in London. October 1st, he's in Manchester. Okay, and October 6th, he's in London, I hope, because we're coming then. I hope he's Yes, <laughs> yes. We're seeing you at the show, and then we're going to dinner, so we need a good recommendation for a good Indian restaurant. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Indian. Do you like Indian food? Love Indian. Well, you oh, know, okay. we're vegan, and we can always oh. get great stuff there. You know, sometimes when we're traveling, we have to be vegetarian, which is fine, but, yeah, we love Indian food. Have you, have you got your cup of tea as you're having tea with me? I, yes, I do. I'm having a, a green tea. What mm. are you having? I've got lemon you have and vodka ginger. in that cup. <laughs> no, it's too early. It's only ten. No, I don't like vodka actually. No, my my oh, tip twigs. Is... It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. No, my tipple is rose, <laughs> rose, chilled rose. That's mine. Oh, nice. Because nice. I think if I remember, you guys, you have a cocktail, don't you? Yeah, we'll we'll either do um, uh, tequila on the rocks or we do a vodka martini. 
I do like margaritas, actually. Although I remember once because I didn't realize how strong they were because it was like drinking limeade. And I had, I think I had three and I stood up and my knees buckled. (laughs) Sneaks up on you. Well, I want to turn you on to another drink that you can have with tequila called Palomas. Have you had those? Paloma? No, what are they? We'll get one when we go to dinner in London. I think you will love it. What's in it? um, It's uh, tequila, grape, a little grapefruit juice and uh, lemon and soda. Like Ooh. just uh, uh, sparkling water. Oh, that sounds very nice. It's very really nice. refreshing. And I think I think I'm going to turn you on to your new favorite drink. OK, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were born in Cuba. That's so oh, romantic nice. and exotic. Do you, do you have any memories of it? You were too little when um, you left, weren't you? Not too many memories. We left when I was three and, um, you know, we we left as as political exiles. We went to Spain because it was already. Was this all to do with the the Castro regime? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Castro was already um, in full control. And because my mom is a Spanish citizen, she was born in Spain. We were able to fly to Spain rather than having to escape. You know, certain people were granted permission. You had to sign up like years in advance. And once she got the permission to go to Spain, I mean, my parents were in their early 20s with a three year old baby and left the country with literally nothing. Like you just escaped. You're allowed to leave, but you've got everything that you own down to the blender that she made my formula and had to be returned to the government. Oh, my goodness. how fr- yeah, I mean, what's happening in Ukraine must really strike a chord with you because that, yes. that must have been what your parents on a certain level. Yeah. Must my parents just, yeah, my parents <clears throat> knew that we were not safe there, that um, it was just going to get worse. And they took the first chance they had to leave however they could, you know, even if it was with nothing. And at that point, my grandparents had already left. Uh, one set of grandparents were in the United States. And yeah, both sets of grandparents were now in California. No, sorry. Okay. One of them were in so, New Jersey and one of them was in California. So we went to Spain alone. So w- did your mom grow up in Spain? Yeah. Did, did she have relatives in Spain that you could go to or no, so her, her parents had been living in Cuba. Both of my grandparents, the, the whole family, my father's parents and my mom's parents were all in Cuba because my mom went to Cuba when she was young. That's where she met my dad. And so the grandparents had already also fled Cuba, but they went to the United States. One set of grandparents in New Jersey, one set of grandparents in California. And they were just waiting for us, except we were forced to go through Spain where we had to live for four and a half years before we were able to come to the United States. Oh, I see. That's why you went by. But yeah, because then you moved to, was it um, N- uh, to New, New Jersey, New Jersey, New, Jer- New, New Jersey, York, New Jersey. Oh, yeah, New Jersey that's where girl. I grew up. Oh, yeah. whereabouts in New Jersey? <laughs> Newark, New Jersey. It's a it's a tough but good town. We used to go when Lee was doing Lee, my husband, who, you know, um, yes, when he was doing a play on Broadway, when we had his days off and I was there just being with him while he was on Broadway, um, we used to rent a car and we used to drive out of New York City across, it would have been the, the Hudson River, wouldn't it? And get into New Jersey and go to a yeah. place called Greenwood yeah. Lake. 
I don't know whether you know yeah. that's in North and half of the lake you're in New Jersey and the other half you're in New York. Yeah. And I think was one, it beautiful? One, I don't know it. Oh my god, it was it was an hour and 10 minutes out of the city and it was like being in Switzerland. Behind us wow. were mountains with pine forests, this beautiful lake. And it used to make us laugh because you used to cross the, 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 you know, the New Jersey, New York border. If you drove around the lake, you'd be in one state. And then, I mean, it was breathtakingly beautiful. Although, oh. and then we, we had this dream. We thought, oh, maybe we should buy a log cabin here because they had log. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but everywhere we go, we think, oh, maybe we should buy a little house here. <laughs> we have we... literally said that in every city that we've been in. <laughs> It's true. We always go house hunting and very rarely do we end up yes. buying. Sometimes we do. But anyway, we went to see some log cabins and um, one log cabin, which was right on the lake and the mountain was like behind the forest. And I remember the realtor saying something like she started telling us a story about, I said, oh, isn't it lovely? You can have barbecues out in the garden and the forest behind you. And she said, yeah, but you have to be careful of bears. <laughs> and she yes. said last year a bear had got into this kitchen and the owner had come down for breakfast and there was a bear in the in the refrigerator getting all the food I, that was the end of our search for a log cabin on Greenwood Lake. yeah because you know what <laughs> I would end up trying to pet the bear and that would and I'd try to keep the bear and name it and that would be a problem or if it was a baby bear, <laughs> mummy might come to find it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be a, a big no for me too. Oh god, it was I hear so you. funny. I remember it so clearly that feeling, and that was. I just said to Lee, "We're not getting a a, a log cabin on. <laughs> we'll just come and but stay in the that. hotel." <laughs> I love that you almost became a Jersey girl. You were almost. I, know, I might have been. Do you think I could have got the accent? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be hysterical. Uh, it would be funny. So, um, so you grew up in New Jersey. Is how's that? Yes. New Jersey? Is that close? New Jersey. It's exactly as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you always because you you've done you've had an amazing career. I mean, you modeled, you've been an actress, you've been a frontliner on on MTV. In, yeah. in the United States and in Latin America, which is huge. Yeah, yeah. That oh was There was God. a time there where uh, my shows were on all over Latin America. I believe one of my shows was even on on the MTV UK, and then I was on MTV in the US. So it wow. was almost like in a very short period of time, I became not only a known face, but I was internationally known. Wherever we went, there were people who knew of me and were familiar with who I was and what I did. So that was a little bit crazy because it happened very quickly. Yeah, I know. Well, I know the feeling. <laughs> the feeling. I know you do. <laughs> uh, it is incredible, isn't it? How that can suddenly happen and how, yeah, how you handle it actually. Cause if you think about it, it is a bit scary, but actually mm -hmm. if, if you kind of go along with it, it's quite wonderful. And, and usually I've, I've found over the years, many, many years now, that mostly people are really lovely and and they're very happy to meet you and I just want to say hi and mm. say hello really it's it's really lovely but the latin american audience is isn't it must be one of the biggest in the world isn't it yeah. all the spanish speaking yeah, countries 
Yes. And they are really, really lovely fans. Like they're, they're hardcore when they become a fan and when they're familiar with you, they, they stay with you for life. Like, you know, I've been back to Latin America with Richard on when he's doing his shows and every now and then they'll say my name and I'll come out and wave Aww. and they're all amazing. Cause it's been many years since I've been on TV in Latin America, but people remember and they're yeah. very loyal fans. Yeah. So on MTV, you did it was was it music programs you did on MTV? Yeah, I mean, uh, I had a couple of shows that, of course, everything is based around music, but they were very specialized. So I did uh, shows called Beach MTV, where we went to all different beaches all over the United States. Oh, you poor thing. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Listen, I could not do it today. It was a lot of fun then. I could not do that crap today. (laughs) So, yeah, it's, it's good to be young and be doing all that sorts of nonsense. But yeah, it was hard work. I was just loving it because, you know, it was the best thing to do at that age. Honestly, it was such great experience. And all the people who I was working with, they were incredible uh, young creatives who have gone on to run networks and to um, have amazing careers. But we were all just young and having fun and, you know, just being creative. I know it's it's amazing what what you do. I mean, I I, I sometimes somebody sent me um, a photograph the other day of me age seventeen wow. in the bubble of a helicopter flying over New York City, and I can remember that because I can remember saying to the photographer, a lovely, lovely man called Melvin Sikorsky, who was a genius actually, and sadly we lost him this year, but. I can remember saying to him, I'm a bit, I'm, you know, I was 17. I'd never, I'd never been in it. I'd, I'd barely been in an aeroplane, let alone a helicopter. Right, and, right. And, and he wanted me standing in the bubble. So when I looked down, it was just glass and Manhattan below me. I mean, you wouldn't, you couldn't pay me anything to do that today. I would, I'd be so frightened, but I was 17. I, agree. I was, I mean, it's amazing what you do. <laughs> We were fearless. And I think that's part of the reason why we can be successful at 17, because we don't we don't know any better. Like, I think as you get older, you start really thinking about things. But I love and I miss that fearless um, kind of just to go for anything. Yeah. No, you're right. You're young. Yeah. 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 I try to remind myself to be like a little bit more like that. Yeah, it's hard, actually. But I, I agree. It's like, because like you, I've done lots of different things in my career. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when something came up, I'd think, oh, God, I can't do that. I'd be too frightened. And then you think, well, what's going to happen? Nobody's going to kill me, hopefully. The worst thing that can happen is they'll say I'm dreadful. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, live, I'll live through it. And if I, if I hadn't have been taken that leap, the, all the right. things I would have missed. And I'm sure yeah. you felt the same. Now, I also read Absolutely. in your book that I didn't know. I mean, I knew about MTV and I knew about all your merchandise and everything and modeling and acting, but I didn't know you'd been a newsreader. Yes. Is that true? That's how I started. Yeah. In Jour- Spanish, journalistic for news. The Spanish. Yeah. Well, I did. I started doing weather, which is really crazy because I was so young. This was before MTV. And I had no idea about anything having to do with meteorology at all. <laughs> So what happened was you knew the clouds and the rain. Yes. I was like, it looks like it might rain later. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I'd met this woman during one of my fashion shows. It was this very lovely, elegant woman who started speaking to me. She was a private client of the designer I was modeling for. And we started speaking and I noticed that she had an, a- an accent. And I said, oh, are you Hispanic? Where are you from? She said, oh, I'm from Ecuador. So then we started speaking Spanish. And she said, you know, you speak really good Spanish for such a young woman in this country and you speak English well. Have you ever thought about doing Spanish television? And I thought, oh my God, no. Like I couldn't even believe I was modeling. <clears throat> And she said, well, my husband is the president of Univision in New York, which is like the top oh station <laughs> in the yeah. country. <laughs> it's a it's Latin station. It's like that. It still yeah. is the number one Latin station. And so she said, he's looking for a weather girl. And I would love to take you in and teach you the ropes and you should audition. And she kind of became my fairy godmother and guided me through the whole thing. Mm. And I wow. so, got the job. But isn't it amazing how the, I mean, I often ask people who come on my my podcast, do they have a special person in their life that actually changed their life? Because most people do. Because most kids in their teenagers don't really know what they want to do. And I mean, what happened to me just happened. And but meeting this woman changed Mm -hmm. your life. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I would have to say she's the one who started my television journey. Absolutely. She gave me that first chance to do something that I had never even thought about doing. I never thought that was a possibility for me. Were you terrified when you first went on camera and had to talk and, oh, you oh, know, oh, did you- again, it's that thing of when you're young, I was just excited. I, I mean, what was I thinking? I'd never, it was live television. It I was, was live. Be- oh my good. Yeah. Of course live. The live. <laughs> yes. It was on the news. It was live. I'd never read teleprompter before. I'd never worked with a green screen where I had to talk about the map behind me and be pointing at the states and the weather. So what I would do is I would listen to the weather on the radio from the news network on the radio on my way to work. And then I would just kind of rewrite everything that I just heard, go on the news and say it. I would just repeat everything that I just heard. Funny. Actually, I've always wondered that. I was excited about it. And you can fill me in. I've always wondered all around the world when you see weather, they're facing camera, but they're pointing to a map behind them. Is it, can you see it in front of you? You can see it on the monitor. So you usually have a monitor on the side. So when you turn to the map, there's nothing behind you, but you see the screen right there. So you can see exactly what you're pointing to. <laughs> it's so oh my, weird. But isn't it like doing it in a mirror? Isn't it back to front? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, a, it's a little <laughs> freaky. The funniest part of all of that is that it was the days in New Jersey when big hair was in. So I had really big, fluffy hair. Kind of like Richard with his mullet. It was just very big. And sometimes the green screen would go through my hair. Like you would see like (laughs) Connecticut going through like my top bang. It was so ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Um, But yeah, again, it's one, you know, I was fearless. I was excited. I thought it was fun. I didn't think it was going to lead to anything. I didn't think it was going to last. So I was just having fun. I was young and silly. And I wish I was more like that. And where were you living then? Was this in New Jersey? Yeah, that was in New Jersey. So so the MTV was after that? Yeah. So okay. I I learned as much as I could about the news. And I was, I was very young. And MTV was all the rage everywhere. It was on in every bar, every yeah, boutique, huge, every home, everywhere you went, it was on in the background. And I remember saying, you know, that's where I really 
would like to work? How much fun would it be? And I've always loved music. I have like this silly knowledge of music and, and music trivia. And so I loved it. And I got my editor at the news to put together a little tape, a little reel of some of the lighter community stories that I had done, but it was all in Spanish. So I sent them the tape with a letter saying, I know this is all in Spanish, but I promise you, I really do speak English. And I would love a chance to audition for the channel. And six months later, when I thought they had trashed the tape, I get a call from the executive producer of MTV International saying they were looking for someone who spoke Spanish and the tape was all in Spanish and somebody had just handed her this tape. Wow. So Amazing, it's just... Right. It's just the way things are supposed to work out. Sometimes. But this is why I love talking to people, because like, I, I obviously, I, I, I know you not ever so well, but we we've met over the last few years. And I know quite a lot about you. But when you start talking I, and all my podcasts, I, sometimes I I chat to people that I know really well. And suddenly yeah. out of the chat comes a story that I didn't know and that I would never have believed it's because everyone's story to me yeah. is well everyone's story is fascinating whether you're in the public eye or not there's always an amazing story I read in again yeah. in your bio that you do a program called or you did a new leaf which is kind of an, oh yeah I did that's yeah, because that, that's, that's just, very interesting. That's the same it, yeah. sort of idea, isn't it? That's um, working with genealogy to connect people uh, in your family who you've lost touch with. And what was fascinating about that is that it, people usually try to find that when they're at some sort of a crossroads in their lives, you know, whether they just lost someone, a parent or something, or they just get married or they're about to have a child and they really want to connect to their lineage and to yeah, yeah. their, their roots. And um, it's amazing the kind of records that you have today with, uh, with genealogy, people have found their ancestors going back hundreds of years. And oh, it's, it's really fascinating. So is it, is a little the, bit like, uh, cause I did, who do you think you are? Which are yes, which it's is, a little I bit think, yes, very. Similar. Do you have that in you have that in the states, don't you? Who do you think yes. you are? I yes, I mean, when yes, they are, I, I really I loved the program, and I was praying they'd come and ask me to do it because they'll only they'll only do it with you if there's a kind of interesting story, you know. And right, um, right. And luckily, they found one. I mean, it wasn't. I was hoping they would find a lineage that I lived in a car. My grand great grandmother lived in a castle, but. <laughs> I didn't. I come. Hello. That's Richard just coming to say hello. Hi, gorgeous. Oh, hi, gorgeous. You <laughs> I are can't live. wait to see you. You are live on the Tea with Twiggy podcast. <laughs> well, I was already live on the Tea with Twiggy know, podcast I myself. I, I, I hear the shows are going brilliantly. We're so excited. We can't wait. I can't wait to see you guys. I can't wait to sing for you. Yeah, the tour has been really great. Yeah, we're giving we're giving your, your shows in UK a big plug. Yeah. Love it. Gotta, love it. I come love and you. See the I love gorgeous Richard. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. You guys have fun. Enjoy Germany. Oh, uh, so, fun. yeah. So the show is very much like that. You know, it's got a little bit of a twist. Um, we don't do it with celebrities. We do it with everyday people. And yeah, I, I guess that that's that's a bit of the twist. But, yeah, it's just as fascinating. So what did you find out about yourself that you didn't know? 
Well, because it was weird. My mum, who I I loved and was very close to, but she did have kind of, she had a kind of mental illness. She probably today she'd be, it would be kind of a manic depressive thing. But in mm. the fifth, you know, I was born in 49. So I, we think, me and my, I've got two older sisters, that it was probably a postnatal depression that they didn't know how to treat then. You know, you had yeah. your baby and they sent you home. And as we know now, that doesn't, always happen with mums anyway so although we were closed she would never ever talk much about her she talked about her mum a bit but never beyond that it was always like oh that's over and 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 I think living through the war years a lot of that generation would not because my mum and dad my dad wasn't in the war because he couldn't he couldn't be um in the armed forces because he was deaf in one ear but he worked in um uh, factory build, building airplanes, I think, but um, but they had a very near miss where a bomb dropped at the back of our back garden and blew the back of the house. Oh dear! Wow. And, and my, I wasn't born. I mean, if it had been ten foot the other way, I wouldn't have been born. <laughs> wow! But my my mum can remember, and my dad and my elder sister who was about nine. They could hear because they hear the bombs coming over, the aeroplanes coming over, and then there'd be silence. So they knew the bomb was going to drop. And my oh dad my threw threw my elder sister who was nine and my little my middle sister who was two, and mum un- under the staircase. There was a cupboard, and he threw them under there. But it blew the back of the house in. Nobody was hurt. Amazingly, my dad got a few That's cuts. That's incredible. And so I think things like that really affect, obviously, affected yeah. my mental health throughout of her life. Of course. But, but in who, who do you think they are? They traced her family back, and it was quite a sad story, really, to my great 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 grandmother. And they were poor, and they ended up in the workhouse. And but it was an amazing story. And the end of it, my great 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 grandmother which kind of, I mean, it's awful to say I laughed, but it was kind of ironic. She went, she, she went to, or maybe it was my great-great-grandmother, she went to a, a sale of dresses and fabric in a department store, and in the crush, she had a heart attack and died. So she, she kind of died when she went shopping, and they oh. always teased me in my family because I, I love to shop. <laughs> so, oh, no. Uh, well, she died doing what like, she loved. Well, exactly, exactly. But it was quite a sad story, really, and and especially yeah. the work, having the workout. We we do, it makes you realise how lucky we are to be born. I mean, I know yeah. the times are very worrying at the moment all around the world. Yeah, some, but you know, something yeah. like that really uh, connects you to your past and helps yeah. you understand a little bit. You know why Absolutely. people are the way they are. It, I know. it just it really does put some pieces together. You know, it explains not only why your family was the way they were. It's yeah. also part of the reason why you are the way you are. Absolutely, and it, just, it, Absolutely. it puts the the puzzle together, and that's that's really cool it that is. we're able to do that. And I ju- I just found it so interesting to. Yeah. To meet these amazing people who do the research. That's what I loved. Because I tried yeah. to do bits of it online, and I, I'm not very good on that, and I could only get so far. But they have, like, I'm sure you, in your yeah. program, A New Leaf, you work with experts. And yes. what they find out is extraordinary. Absolutely. It's incredible. I mean, they, they did one in England, and he's a very famous soap opera 
star and he's very working class and he's kind of a, a boy, you know, and he, and he's very rough and he's lovely, lovely actor, lovely guy. Mm-hmm. And they, tr- they did his, who do you think you are? And it went, he was related to like Henry the eighth or something. <laughs> I mean, it was like, wow, it was like wouldn't amazing. that be amazing? It was oh, amazing. I would love that. It was amazing. Anyway, so, but I thought that was so interesting. So how long did you do that for? Was it a couple of seasons? Um, yeah, I only did it for uh, like a year and a half. It was a short uh-huh. run. Yeah, but it was good. Everybody yeah. loved the show. Yeah. When you were a little girl at school, what did you, what did you dream? What did you want to be? I really had no ambition. You know, we were kind of in survival mode for so long that I was just trying to be a good kid and stay out of my parents' way, you know, in between moving from like Cuba to Spain, from Spain to New Jersey. And when we got to New Jersey, my parents went to work in a factory, you know, 12 hours a day. Um. And I, I, you know, I, I just remember having fun. I I feel like I had a good childhood, but I just remember trying to not bother my parents too much because they were so damn busy all the time. You know, I never really had an ambition. I didn't have a clear dream, but I do remember looking through magazines and kind of living through the, the editorials in the magazines. I remember getting the, the teen Vogues and like the teen glamour and picturing myself in the situation that the the models were in. And I think that that sort of visualization kind of helped me manifest what I ended up doing just because of the feeling that it gave me. It just gave me a nice feeling of escaping to a world that I knew nothing about, but I kind of loved. And I would love doing makeup and hair on myself, but also on my friends. We would see a look in a magazine and I would completely replicate that look. So I think that that was telling me what I liked and I just wasn't paying attention, but it's still manifested. Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is actually. I mean, you know, well, I think lots of women certainly when they're teenage girls, they play act that they love dressing up yeah. and they love, you know, like I loved sewing and I loved playing with makeup and, and I was a mod. So I had to make my clothes because you couldn't right. buy the clothes you wanted to be, you know, so and, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, nobody knew. But it's interesting. I didn't how know that- this. I don't, I, I'm sure many people know this. But I, I don't know if you always wanted to. Did you picture yourself as a model or is that something that you also not just really, no, no, because in those days, this is I'm talking about. I was a young teenager in the early 60s. I was discovered in 1966. Um, when I was 16. So the early 60s, I was what we called mods. You had mods and rockers and they were like the two. They weren't really gangs. They were, it was a style. And yeah. the rockers rode motorbikes and wore black leather. And and um, and the mods kind of, well, they were modernists, it was called. And they the boys had lambrettas. I was never allowed to go on one because they were too dangerous. <laughs> Um, But I just love the clothes. So, you know, and um, I used to make my clothes as a a young teenager. I was very, very skinny, as as you probably know. So the the thought of it and also in those days, models in England came from upper class or middle class families. And I was very working class. Um, So it wasn't even a thought that that could happen to somebody from my sort of family. You know, it didn't even equate. 
But as we all know, in the 60s, things were changing and the youth movement became so huge by the mid 60s. And um, and the look was changing and people like Mary Quant and Barbara Hula, Nikki and Bieber came along. So I was part, you know, it couldn't have happened to me five years earlier. Right. And, um, right. and then I, I designed that makeup that I I wore with the eyelashes and things. I copied my rag doll is how it happened. That's and, amazing. Um, and, I didn't know that. It shouldn't happen, but it did. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that crazy? But, you know, you can't, you can't always plan your life. I mean, yeah. and I think that's why everything that I've been offered to try and do, I've, I've kind of grabbed at it because it's such a wonderful chance because I didn't think anything like that would happen. You know, same. I feel the same way. Yeah. So I always feel very grateful, you know, and there's yeah. been ups and downs. All lives have ups and downs and sadnesses and breakups and makeups. And, you know, we all go through that. That's part of life. Yeah. But I do, it, it is quite fascinating because I often, I often love hearing what people, what they plan to do and actually what happened. Right. And it, right, it right. often is, it doesn't always collate. It, it's, you know, often something happens like you yeah. meeting that, that lady who. Exactly. You know, it's amazing. I feel like, do you feel like you, it, it would be completely different for you today with social media and everybody having oh, a say about what you absolutely. look like and how yeah. they feel about you and everybody having just the chance to kind of blow your high. I, I, know. I don't know that I would have had as much fun if no, I knew I what, right? I mean, I'm very tend. I, I do do social media on a minimum scale. I do Instagram, um, mm -hmm. but I, I keep it very, it's not ever so, ever so personal. And I enjoy it, but I, I, I don't think I could have coped how young people have to cope today be with all the comments. Yeah, and yeah. well, I a try lot of them are not coping very well. Yeah, I, well, I think it's quite dangerous, actually. yeah. And yeah, I worry, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I do worry about, you know, I've now got a granddaughter and right. well, I've got from my daughter, I've got a granddaughter, grandson, and my step child has got three children. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, you worry about, I mean, they're very little at the moment, but you just yeah. worry how they're going to cope. But, you know, people do cope and things change. Yeah, and they don't, at their point, <laughs> at that point, they don't know any better. So they're just That's born true. with a tablet on their hands, you know, with some sort of a device. They can work an iPhone better than I can oh, at, you know, my, nine my months. Two, <laughs> yeah, my two and a half year old grandson can turn the telly on. He can go into net. I mean, it's terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely. It's amazing. Terrifying. I know. No, I don't think I, I you know, I think it would have, because when what happened to me happened, there weren't yeah. even that many fashion magazine. You know, there was there was Vogue, there was Harper's Bazaar, there were in England. I'm talking about um, and mm -hmm. in America, those were, existed. And then there were a yeah. few kind of women's magazines, right. you know, mi middle of the road. And then there were a couple of teenage magazines, and that was it. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it, you were only featured in that. There was no social media. So it was, I don't know, it was a, it was a whole different setup. I, I feel quite sorry for some of the girls today. It must be so hard entering yeah. the modeling world. Absolutely. And you see, I, ne I never did the catwalk. I only, I only did fashion photography. Right. Because right, in those right. days you were either a photographic model right. or you worked for the big couturiers and you were a right. catwalk model. It didn't cross over.
I was going to say that, you know, at the very least, like you, you've done, you're, you're such, I mean, you know, uh, you're such an icon and a legend. You've given all these girls such a great example of how to do it well and how to do it oh, right. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, well, seriously, I didn't, I didn't because, you're, you're, but, you know, I guess it's, it's, like, it's just who you are and it's nice to have sort of an, a beautiful blueprint to follow. And oh, you know, well, you're, you. still, very, you're still out there being you and, <laughs> and doing amazing things. And that's yeah. very inspiring. Well, it's important for me to, I, I love to be interested in things. And I think when you get new projects, I mean, it, obviously it was very, very, very tricky for everyone in the world when COVID hit, because suddenly oh, yeah. all our plans came to a big halt. And, you know, as we know, many people died yeah. and many people, mm-hmm. you know, their careers were ruined. But now we seem yeah. to be coming back to some sort of, normality normalcy yeah I hope yeah so. and, and with some good perspective hopefully like I we can't so. forget I think so I think it changed it's changed the way most of our friends and family you kind of think differently in a way yeah yeah I know I do uh, that some of the things that I used to take for granted I'm much mm. more aware of so and I, I think guess- you 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 cling on you're much more well I am thankful of you know the people around that you that you love your like your husband your yes. children your stepchildren you know we've got a big extended family and um you know and i've still got my two yeah. elder sisters my mum and dad aren't with us anymore but and you know you suddenly yeah. realize that, that that's really important and your friends and yeah and, and when you meet yeah you know special people you want to like you know I, as you know i lee and i met richard you know, in our later years, but there was an instant connection. Yeah. It's funny how yeah. that happens occasionally. And then um, we true. stayed in touch. And then I was, I was cheeky enough to ask Richard if he let me do one of his songs and he did it as a duet with me on my album. That's I was so, so scared. Awesome. I was so scared when I wrote to him. He was so sweet because he wrote back. And said, oh, yeah, he loves you so much. We oh, all love you so but, much. And then meeting you was, was fat. And we're so happy. Oh, what a you, treat. What a treat. <laughs> but yeah, part of, part of the thing that I learned also from, from lockdown is to not take our time for granted. Richard and I met when we were older. I met him when I was 46. So now I'm like, of course, I'm going to come out on tour with you and I'll be with you as much as I can just yeah. because we know, we don't know what's around the corner. No. So we really try to not take any moment for granted. Well, that's interesting. Cause when I met, I met Lee, when I was, I was 35, he was 42. We've been together. Our wedding anniversary is in a couple of weeks and we have been, we'll have been together 37 years, but we, I was 35, I was 35. He was 42. We'd both been through uh, relationships that hadn't worked. Mm-hmm. So we were both single, funny enough at the time. And, um, and when we got together, we made a, a thing, especially in our business that if one of us got a really good job, the other one would come with that person because we didn't want the separation thing. Yeah. And we've brilliant. done that through our whole Great life. Plan. You know, when Lee was playing Broadway, I, I didn't do, I just turned down things in England and I went and lived in New York with him. Yeah. And, um, and he did the same for me. I, I did a sitcom in California for a couple of years that only lasted a couple of years, sadly, but, um, and we moved to California and he came and he turned down work here. So, you know, but, but we felt and still feel that that was the most important and the best way to do it. You have to prioritize your relationship. I think so. 
You I, have I, to. I think so. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. So the other thing I want to ask you about, are you still doing all your merchandising? Because I know we talked yes, about I still it. Have I have my brand. You, you do. Yeah, that's amazing. You do clothing. Yeah. Yeah, I do and clothing, shoes, intimates. I have little kids' clothes as well. I have handbags, eyeglasses, prescription eyewear. So it's more, it's it's building t- into more of a lifestyle brand. And um, is and it at one? Just, is it at one location or is, is it's, it it's in a couple of department stores in the United States and uh, you know stores like Ross and Burlington and some of them don't even have websites. Some of them you just have to go into the store and it's like a treasure hunt, which is great. Um, it's a lot of fun. One of the few uh, brick and mortars left. Um, and it's, of course, a discount. So it's really affordably priced and just good. quality stuff or a good price. And, and do you no work, nonsense? Because I did I did that with HSM for a little bit. And yes. I love doing it. I mean, we stopped because of COVID because I couldn't travel. Mm-hmm. And um, and I did find the traveling quite hard because I'd have to fly in from England. But yeah, I loved it because I used to work and we managed to do quite a lot online, but um, I love doing the design part. Do you work with a team? Yeah, you know, I have they- designers. I have a team of designers that, that I work with. I, I don't sketch myself, but I, I work with the designers and yeah. it's now to the point where everybody knows the DNA of the brand and it's thankfully on a roll and it's just about adding categories to it and just keeping it fresh and modern yeah brilliant I I mean I absolutely love doing it because I I love that process of finding the fabric the colors doing the palette and they they would have to send samples across the Atlantic to me right Right, I was very I was very on top of it I loved it it was absolutely brilliant it's such a well I think because I I love doing it as a kid and I love me I still make I still love making clothes it's yeah, my hobby is sewing, yeah. but I, so I was, and you also, I read, did a, is it, I don't know whether it's called a video, but for we, a Pilates um, video. Oh yeah. We call it, is, it, yeah. is it a video? For yeah, What is we? Like I don't know what we is. It, it, well, I don't even think it exists anymore, but it was oh, part okay. of a Nintendo. It was Nintendo. So it was like a game where you would put it in and I would, I became an avatar and as an avatar, we oh, did a workout fabulous. so you could you had controls and you could do the workout with me through this this game it was a lot wow. of fun to do well i found out the other day that i didn't realize that i don't know about in america but the the, the game industry is the biggest money making industry oh, in the uk yes yes more than the film industry more than the tv industry that's probably I'm in the true, wrong business. true for the whole world. <laughs> I know. I, it's really, I think in the whole world, gaming has kind of taken over. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I never, you know, it's so out of my kind of knowledge that because I never got into <laughs> Totally, me too. I it's could amazing. not care less. I just Although don't, I have know. to say, when I read it was about Pilates, I I, I don't yeah. know whether you do. I do Pilates and I think it's... Yes, I, I love Pilates. I discovered it many, many years ago and I became friendly with uh, my teacher who owned the studio that I went to in Los Angeles. And I found her because they had done an article on her in one of the fashion magazines. And I realized that she was literally in the town that I was in, in L.A. So I started working with her and then we partnered up. She she did um, she was doing workout videos of Pilates at a time when most people didn't even know what Pilates was. So she asked me to host the infomercial for her. 
And that's how I got involved in that basically just saying, of course, there's never been anything more natural. Like I love working out with her. I I try to tell people about this workout, this weird workout. And so this would be the best way to do it. So it was very organic and it became a big part of my career for many years. Well, it's changed my life. I have to say, because I, for about a year, I, I was, I, my back really was not good. And I, I would go Mm. out with a stick because I was frightened. It was going to go out on me. And I went to a chiropractor and he, he, he kind of got me better. And he said, what, when, when I get you better, you've got to start Pilates because your major problem is your, your posture and your core strength is not Mm. there. It really Uh, is amazing. Not just as as changed my life. But as a workout, I turned Richard on to it. And now we both go to Pilates. He is obsessed. He loves it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Because actually I was yeah. saying, because I, I I mean, I only go once a week, although I do my little exercises at home, mm-hmm. if I remember. <laughs> and uh, I was <laughs> saying to my teacher last week, it's amazing because they're, they're quite small, the exercise. It's not like weightlifting or things you right. do in the gym. It's very tiny. But after an hour and a half, I'm exhausted. I mean, I, you really feel yes. that you've worked. Isn't it amazing? It's, it's amazing. amazing. I remember Richard thought that it was like this girl's type of workout. And he saw some of the moves. I was showing him some of the moves online. And, and of course, the moves look like really small moves. They don't yeah. look like a big deal. It's like, uh, that's nothing. How are you getting a workout out of that? Well, after an hour that he did it, his entire body, he was sweating. He felt yeah. it in every muscle. And he said it's really when he's able to see a change in his body the most and the fastest is with Pilates. It's brilliant. I I recommend it to everyone, especially. I still do. Especially older people who've never done much exercise. It's not to be frightened about it because you can do it very slowly and build up. That's right. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Listen, I agree. I could talk to you forever and ever and ever, and we're going to in a couple of weeks. Yes, we are. I can't wait. <laughs> but um, I'm going to let you go to go and explore Hamburg. It's yes. Hamburg, yeah. It is. And I hope the rest it of the is. shows go well. Travel safely, and we'll find an Indian restaurant to go to. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, Thank I just you so much. adore you. You're the best. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Ah, well, that was so lovely to catch up with Daisy. And, well, I'm going to see Richard Marks in concert this week, so please try and get some tickets, although I think it might be sold out, but he's appearing at the Union Chapel in Islington the 3rd, the 4th and the 6th of this month. And um, he's fabulous. I'll see you there. Bye. If this is your first time listening to Tea with Twiggy, please do remember to tell your friends. You can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. 
If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. heard a stripped media production.